The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. Tonight's broadcast comes to us from December 15th, 2011. The title of that broadcast was, Am I Angry? I'm Angry at Christians. A lot of times when we share these broadcasts with you, we find in them many, many things which have come to pass. You'll hear the very same thing in tonight's broadcast. When you see the progression of the past 12 years since a friend of Medjugorje says what he says in this broadcast you hear tonight, you'll see many of the reasons why we're in the state we are right now. And yet, where he's speaking in this broadcast in 2011, he's explaining then why we were in the state we were in then. So when you hear that compared to where we are today, you see that we continue to move farther and farther and farther away. This is a broadcast which you want to share with everyone you know. And so here is a friend of Medjugorje, December 15th, 2011. Why? Why is it that the economy is in the shape it's in? Is anybody really answering that? Or are they attempting to answer that? 
Are they misled by listening to statistics, this, the housing bubble, this bubble, this reason? If that's the reason, it contradicts what we just heard from scriptures. Seek first God's kingdom and all things, not something, not partly, not half poverty. It's not a prosperity doctrine on the other side, but I'm addressing why do we have the woes we have at this moment? Why? Ask yourself why. If we seek God's kingdom, he will take care of everything. If we don't, everything falls apart. As Our Lady Words say, quote, Everything is passing. Everything is falling apart. You can't ascribe that, well, it's always happened this way. No, man is elevated. Man grew for 1,700 years to the French Revolution. And then it's degeneration. We're under judgment. The thing that's enslaved everyone is under judgment. The system as it stands now, worldwide, free countries, enslaved countries, all are enslaved. Materialism has become our God. To get those material things, people do things unethically they shouldn't do. Unbelievable profits. And everybody should be able to make money. And this is not a condemnation of the Wall Street people, as they do, or the Wall Street occupiers, rather, of wealth. Wealth is good. That some be wealth, some can attain that wealth. God gives freedom. God gives and shares that blessing, even if you're a billionaire. So I'm not addressing that. Don't even put me in that camp or what are they showing in that camp. Lazarus was wealthy. Jesus needed that. And the wealthy help. So this class warfare being bred is satanic. So it's not having that. It's what we do to attain that. That's where the problem is. We grow cold. Brother against brother. Neighbor against neighbor. It came through the fall of the Sabbath. And from there we degradate further. Man's arrogance, his pride, blinds him. When 9-11 hit, people were stunned. The nation was stunned. The whole world was stunned. Why? Because everybody knew this was something completely unthought of. And many recognized to some degree it was some kind of judgment. Just like ancient Israel received their judgments. But this was a limited judgment. When God comes and acts, he's trying to get your attention. World War I was a limited judgment. World War II, which Sister Lucy from Fatima was told, would prophetically was told that this would come if man did not change his sins. Check out Fatima. Check out what our lady said. If man doesn't repent from his sin, a larger and greater war would break out. She just foretold that World War I was about to stop. And World War II came. And Lady Lucy said that this was a satanic war against God's chosen people, the Jewish, as well as others in the church. But it was a purification because Lucy said that a lady said a larger and greater war would break out if man does not repent. 
It came as a result of sin. If you go to Berlin after World War I, if you see what they're doing, you see the perversion and the degradation these people were living openly. I mean, go to Romans 1, 1832. They were Sodom. It's in the history books. You have to dig for it because I want to hide this. They don't want you to know that. Because they don't want you to maybe match things today. Maybe our problems are where we are today because of we've degraded to such sin that we're not facing limited judgment. We're facing full judgment. Noah's full judgment. World War I, World War II, Korean War. All these things are limited judgment. Be it against that particular nation, that region. How can I say that? I don't say that. The Bible said it. Seek God's kingdom first. Everything will give it to you. What, what do you think God's going to give you the most? Peace. How do you have peace with God? And who is peace first? Our lady says, God is peace. So how do you have peace? By living his commandments. Our lady says, let your life be true before God. Live his commandments. Where do we fight this? Where do we change it? The Sabbath. If you don't have it, get it. If you can't afford it, call us. We'll give it to you free. Look what happened while you're sleeping. You've got to read the first three chapters. You've got to start acting on this. If you want to be underneath that lace mantle, you've got to do more than pray. You've got to do more than get mass. You've got to change the direction of your life. Our lady says, my children, I do not want you to continue sinning. There's got to be a fundamental change in what you do and how you live. And if not, you're going to be overtaken by the most depraved sins. I'm talking about Romans 1 through 18, and we have it. Have it been forced down our throats? How do you fight? Live the Sabbath first, and then fight. Get your life in order. Get your morals and how you view those. The very fabric of your life. And then you'll have the power to stand up against these things. Otherwise, you won't have it. We're headed for big trouble. The warning, the cue is the economy. It's a cue for you. All these other things are just part of a limited judgment. We're coming. If God wanted to destroy a nation, he could destroy it. But he didn't destroy us before. He did this to awaken us. These things help us to wake up and realize we've been prideful. We've been arrogant. We've failed. We can't go back to business as usual. Don't go back to this economy. You're under judgment if you do. God's coming to correct it. A final judgment is here for this system and the way of life we've lived. It's going to go away. It's not going to continue. The cues are there. Don't be arrogant and think, okay, we'll just get over this. All these people are arrogant, every one of them. The president on down. Everybody speaks, we've got to do this to revive the economy. No, we've got to revive morality. We've got to revive God's ways in our heart. We as Christians must live this. God revives. Man can't go back and build two more towers at the World Trade Center and hew his stones like Israel did at the Endicott Mountains, which they're going to put that as a cornerstone for this new revival. And what is it? It's the World Trade Center. It's a representation of what is wrong. And man is arrogance. 
is woken up for a little bit and goes back to sleep because he can't see. This was something that God was trying to awaken us. Change your direction. And we do just what ancient Israel did. We're going to go back and rebuild it. We're going to go back and not say, we repent of our sins. The World Trade Center, all the commerce, all the things, the way we do things, we're off base. Let's live God's commandment. We're not offending anybody. The Muslims have the same Ten Commandments. The Jews have the same Ten Commandments. The Christians have the same Ten Commandments. Most of the three great monolithic religions in the world have the same Ten Commandments. Why are we not living it? Arrogance. We're not humble enough to see God is awakening us, and he's awakening us. Seventy times seven. Are we at 70 times 71? And he's going to give him more mercy? When it's no longer limited to judgment that comes to you, the sign, the cues there, the man depraves himself, and there's nothing else left, according to Romans 1, 18.32, except to turn man over to himself. The arrogance, the reprobate, the filth gets to such a point, there's nothing for God to do. Nothing left for God to do. But let man do what he did to himself. Turn him over to himself. It's a frightful thing to think God will abandon us. But he hasn't. He's brought his mother. And he's building an ark. He's telling her to get underneath her mantle. Wake up. Don't sit on the sidelines. Don't let this perversion come in your backyard. Don't let these things happen. First, get your own house in order. Put in your heart my commandments. Live them, starting with the Sabbath. Oh, you love God. Oh, you love neighbor. Do you? Then why are you sitting there going to restaurants on Sunday, paying somebody else to work for you when you're not supposed to be working? It's sanitized because that dollar passes out of your wallet to them and they're working on Sunday? Guilty! Wake up, people. Wake up now. Get look while you're sleeping. Nobody can refute that. Those first three or four chapters, you cannot refute it. It's black and it's white. You can reject it, but you can't refute it. It's a done deal. We've thrown Sunday out the window for sports, for entertainment, to go into restaurants, to travel. Can you still travel? Yes, you can. The book explains that. Just don't put yourself in position of making other people work for you. That's all in the book. I won't go into the details, but it's answered. And we have thousands of people that have stopped Sundays and their life has changed. You want to be protected? You want the keys to unlock the future to you? You better live this. Does that sound like, oh, Phantom Medjugorje is forcing something? No, it's your choice. But it's our lady who said, this is a time of grace. Use it well that it might go good for you. Do you understand that? Do you grasp it? Yes, I'm angry. I'm angry at Christians. I'm angry at what they're not doing. Am I condescending? No, I'm begging you. Change. I'm pleading with you. Change. You can have people at your door. Just as Lot had it at his door. And it's not going to be due to that perversion sin. It's going to be due because what we didn't do now. While we have the time of grace. 
that it might go well for us. You better wake up, and you better wake up now. Relating these examples, though, to today, the, the reason for this, the reason for we're even stepping into this side of it is because the lady said to read Matthew 6 every Thursday for people to wake up and see. When they wake up and see, they start seeing the system, the dollar, the whole exchange system is false. It's a lie. It doesn't mean that there's a dollar worth of value in a dollar bill. It means it's just that you have faith in that. And our lady's saying everything's passing, everything's falling apart. The more people recognize this, they're fleeing from the dollar and running to put this up in something that will always have intrinsic value. That's why we're saying silver. That's why we struck the Marcus Metal Magic around. So that when you exchange that, you have the Marcus Metal on that, and it brings conversion. We won't touch it if it's not bringing conversion. We're not interested in it. Our sole interest is not that you save your means. We have interest in that, that God's people wake up. In the Acts of the Apostles, it talks about a famine coming. And it said that we need to store up and help those people. And they did do that. And then the footnote even says this historically was correct. This actually happened. So we're not to be literally taken when Jesus was teaching about see how the birds of the air, they neither weep nor sow, and yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. To take that literally means some people think, I don't have to do anything. Well, God's going to take care of me. He's going, I don't have to worry about it. I don't care. What is the dollar? Yeah, okay, but God take care. No, that's not what it means. It means that bird's got a worm in the ground around his bird nest within a half a mile. He's got to find it. Go try to find some worms in your backyard. How long will you have to dig? How hard will it be to do that? It takes work. You've got to work in collaboration with God to get what he provides. That requires wisdom. You lose wisdom when you don't live his commandments. Everybody generally accepts all the commandments, even if they break them, they accept them, but they don't accept the Sabbath. You grow dumb by that, both as an individual and eventually as a culture and as a society, which turns in past civilizations. And that's where we are. So what example do I give you? A friend of ours sent a brief summary, executive summary for 2010 of an ISAAA report. The Global Status of Commercialized Biotech GM Crops 2010. In other words, all this googly talk the title has is genetically modified seeds. Seeds that have never, ever, ever, ever existed in creation. Man and his arrogance and made it. Why are they making it? Is something wrong with what God's already provided for us? How a seed drops to the ground and grows another? We can collect it at the end of the harvest, and we don't have to pay anything to do that. But what happens to man and his arrogance? I'm better than you, God. You're not my God. So let's take genetic modified seeds. Let's modify these seeds. Well, when they fall to the ground, they are picked up, if you want to reuse the next year. You plant it, and it commits suicide. Do you understand that? This is the glowing report. Remarkably, in 2010, the accumulated hectares, which is hectares or basically two acres to a hectare, planted during the 15 years of 1996 to 2010, exceeded for both the first time 1 billion hectares, 2 million acres, which is equivalent to more than 10% of the enormous total land area of the USA or China. It took 10 years to reach the first 500 million hectares in 2005. 
but only half that time, five years, to plant the second 500 million hectares to reach a total of 1 billion hectares in 2010. A record 87-fold increase in hectares between 1996 and 2010, making biotech crops the fastest adapted crop technology in the history of modern agriculture. Why would man run to this? Why is he planting this? Simply because if he had plants his field next to it, which most farmer regions have other people planting other things, this seed pollinates theirs. They're forced into it. In India, farmers are drinking chemicals to end their life. Because the rice and the things they've gotten under this GMO plan didn't do good in dry times. With the rice that they had for generations, for millennials, did have built into it. And they lost generational land. I'm not talking about my father's land. We're talking about my father's 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 and go back 50 times land. It's a genocide. They call it the genocide of farming. Look it up. Google India. India's genocide. By what's the company? Monsanto. Monsanto genocide. That's what they're calling it. Look it up. Do your own research. For the sake of profit, let's get in our boardrooms and figure out some way to get it. Well, we've got the corner and we got it patented and nobody can lock it down. I don't know if they ever made it available. They're talking about not allowing patent on it, but then there was a big struggle. I don't know how it turned out. But nevertheless, they produce it. So I got these genetically modified things being forced on farmers, and this is what the report says. Over the last 15 years, farmers who are masters of risk aversion, in other words, because of the weather, the climate, taking risk of planting, they're the masters in nature of risk aversion, trying to avoid risk. It goes on and says, have consciously made approximately 100 million individual decisions to plant an increase in hectares of biotech crops year after year because of the significant benefits they offer. What a lie. I know somebody in Louisiana has said he's forced to plant it. They don't want it. You think that's right? You think God's going to bless this? If he doesn't bless it, what does he do to it? Just let it continue? RB2 is a shot, I think it's RB2, that they put in udder of a cow to put hormones in there to make it produce more milk. Why? Because people need more milk. We got milk they're throwing away everywhere. They're using it as byproducts. We make so much milk. No, to make more profit. It's nothing but about the God of profit. It's not about a way of life, of eating good. That's one trait Italy has, that they, they're slower. They call it slow foods. They're against, there's a whole movement there against fast foods. They call it slow foods. They're not interested in the profit. They're interested in it tasting good. That's why the prosciutto is so good. God gave us this for our enjoyment in that way. But we give up a way of life for a way of profit. And again, capitalism is the best system out there when it's a free market, based in God's commandments. It's not about condemning that. It's about condemning and making these systems here that are totally satanic. To alter a seed to make money at the expense of people, which is harmful because we don't know the very thousands and thousands of paths these seeds can bring us to cancers and everything else.
which surely happens. Surely. I don't need to research. I know because it's against God, it's disorder. God is order. Everything is right with God. We got the fallenness of Garden of Eden, sure. But when you go, that fallenness is these seeds. This is disorder. You can bet this causes you to be sick. You can bet this has fruit in it that is the bad fruit of the Garden of Eden. It can't be otherwise. No way can it be otherwise. So wake up, people. Read today. Tell everybody. Spread it. Romans 1, 1832. This is our cue of the system because it's graduated this point as a result of our Sabbath and not changing and doing things we're supposed to be as Christians. This is the cue that we're coming full frontal judgment. This system ain't going to happen in its continuance. And for this show, for Christmas, pass this to everybody you know. Get this program. Give it to them as a gift. It may be the very thing that wakes them up. All we talk about is not to do anything other than start thinking. The rest process of thinking will carry you to what the truth is. What truth is is what we just told you. It's Romans 1.18. That's your cue. Where do you back up from there? Do you guys start living the commandments? Pass this along. I don't write on computers. I handwrite everything I write. I don't want to. I'm not computer savvy. I'm proud of that. That out of the system and being so on the edge of what we do, this is the way I do it because it keeps it simple. I can think more. So those who aren't, get this thing on CD. If you want to call Caritas and, and we can produce 100 of these in our CD room for you. But get this information out. It may be the very thing that make people stop and pause enough to realize, I need to get underneath our lady's mantle. Or I thought I was underneath our lady's mantle, perhaps I'm not. And so until next time, we wish you during the special season of Christmas, the peace and joy, which can only come being connected to God. If you do that, He'll start giving you the wisdom to see things that you can't see at this moment. We love you. We wish you Our Lady. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.